I have to give out my trade secrets. Headhunting is something a recruiter should definitely invest his time in. Staff retention is nothing but performance. Hi, this is Kshama from Eminence Techno System, a leading staffing and hiring firm based out of Bangalore, and you're listening to the Recruiters Podium. Recruiters Podium is a show that gets you up to date with everything that's happening in the recruitment industry. So before we begin, in our previous episode, we were having a conversation with Bharat and spoke about different routes of recruitment, and this is the second part. So to the listener who has missed that, do listen to the episode and let's start. when i noticed a lot of candidates we process the profile but half of them just don't uh, attend the interview even if they attend the interview also they will not be interested for that uh, position what do you feel when it comes to driving closures in contract if i tell you this i have to give out my trade secrets which i don't know if it's the right time yet there are a lot of ways you can do it uh, it just depends on how smart you are because cont- so some basic ones everyone knows is contract wire you can easily bring them in with the revenue scale another thing in recruitment it's always great if you have a salary sheet like 1 lakh salary this much person uh, annexure is your breakup and if third in 1 lakh salary if you're giving 10% hike how much will it be 20% hike how much will it be 30% hike how much will it be then 2 lakh salary 10 20 30 3 lakh salary 10 20 30 this got a salary sheet so this is something that recruiters maintain generally i also used to maintain so one thing is this uh second is brand you can say that uh, you are going to join this big company uh, one more thing is if you're going for open easy roles no niche and all i can't say but if you're going for easy roles go for tier uh, tier to cities for example if someone is from bhopal or uh, from trivandrum they would love to come to bangalore for a contract rather than a permanent in the city get my point so that i just gave you trade trade secret <laughs> as i was telling that's one but these are small loopholes you can understand so if so that is one and uh, there are many trade secrets there are many 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 we used to i used to use but one of those second one i can give out is references now this is going to be very interesting okay um do you know that there are people who just do this work their work is they collect candidate profiles they have a candidate database and they give out profiles on demand they're not nokri they're not monster these are completely unorganized sector in india but they give out this profile not on a paid basis also um see it is paid basis in some cases but again these are going into fishy area so i can't say all of this in our podcast <laughs> but but there are people who do this can you believe it and i was not able to believe it at first i came across by my luck one person like this in the beginning of my career and i remember this person's name very well she not a he she used to have a huge database of profiles i don't know from where references friends and i just need to just call her once and tell her that i need profiles in this skill she'll send me 35 profiles one shot and profiles you can't even find on nokri a monster back then back then monster was king now nokri is so how does she do it i don't know but it worked so like that then i start hunting for these people like whenever i'm calling i'm i'll say that are you a person who gives out this thing let me know 
so another thing is we actually take it lightly the power of references i used to make sure that whoever i'm calling i take a reference from them right so you're searching for java uh, whatever plus 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 whatever java plus plus skill now you're calling candidates why are you calling them and cutting the call say that hey if you give me a reference etc can you give me a reference and make that a standard in your body of text body of text is like what you read out when you call make that a standard so boon boon se sagar banta hai drops make the ocean so there are many things like this you can do in contract to hire but i just gave out two or three but there are many trade secrets how important is head hunting so head hunting the term you know where it originates from head hunting so um i've i run a couple of startups i have run a couple of startups so but no one knows this about me that my first startup was called dream jobs it was a head hunting company i started this with a friend of mine uh, registered it and without with very little investment we started this uh but then again we went in different directions so it was a very interesting perspective us back then back then when i was a recruiter to start a company in head hunting because it was a very glorious thing no head hunters they come in like the office with like with a with a like a soldier you know they're different from other usual recruiters so head hunting the term actually originated from the olden days where if there was a person to be hunted down the king will say that bring me this person's head i'll give you this much money so that is how the term head hunting came so that term somehow entered the recruitment industry and everyone has been using head hunting but what is head hunting essentially is that without using nokri without using portal with just references and contacts can you get candidates now head hunting is something a, a recruiter should definitely invest in his time in but it's not something that will give you results if you started today head hunting is a process it takes 5 6 years you have to build your contacts you have to build your register we remember this old senior of mine he used to have a register full of phone numbers that's that's proper head hunting full register numbers and names skills wise and he would just churn out profiles because the fact of the matter is that every two years people are looking for jobs now so it's a consistent flow it's like electricity it's flowing so a head hunter is someone who creates this process for years within himself in his own registers and places but if you're a fresh recruiter listening to this right now then head hunting might take you up to a year to set up set up in the sense get those contacts in the industry etc but yeah it's very powerful if you if you develop it as a practice parallelly with your work then you will be at one point you'll be like chodo nokri monster sir open my register like profiles just come huh? sounds very mythological all these stories are telling you but facts you have been uh, working as a recruiter from a long time right so what is that difference that you could uh, see when you were recruiting 8 years back and uh, when you're recruiting now what is that one uh, difference that you would like to tell now i'm recruiting as a company owner back then i was recruiting as a recruiter but difference are there difference is there mm. one difference is that it's both become easy to create a fake profile 
and at the same time tough. It's easy to catch a duplicate, but it's also easy to create a fake profile. Now we are going to duplicates this conversation. So one thing I noticed is that back then when Facebook, social media, all these things, I mean, we are talking about times when Orkut was uh, the thing. Uh, Orkut was just over and Facebook had just ended. This is my time in recruitment. So back in those days, it was not very easy to catch a duplicate profile. Because a person profile, you might not find them on Facebook. You might not find them on any social media platforms. The only thing that you have is a profile. So it's very tough to find out who's duplicate and who's not. So because of this, 20% duplicate just got in. But today it's not like that. Today you can easily catch duplicates. You can take their email ID, you can check their background, go to their LinkedIn, go to their Facebook. It's very easy to catch. But at the same time, I would say it's also become easy to create fake profiles. Because now there is there's so many designs, designers that are creating, you can design at home logos. You can just place logos at, as your own interest. Facebook logo, you can say I worked in Microsoft. <laughs> place the logo there. Back then, just imagine, I'm talking about awkward times. If you had to create a profile, you had to go to a shop. Remember those old internet cafes? We Most of us didn't have computers at home. So they had to go to an internet cafe and then there they'll create the profile. Logo is something that the company used to give you. So you would just, I mean, as far as I remember, uh, it comes with that, this thing. But now you can just download it from Google, place the logo, copy it. You can get, get hundreds of good profiles from the market. Technology is understanding that earlier it was not easy to fake. It is tough to fake and it was tough to find. Now it is easy to fake and easy to find. <laughs> so since you told about fake candidates, right? Uh, how would you differentiate fake candidates and moonlighting? See, moonlighting I don't have much experience with because uh, when I was a recruiter, I mean, now I'm not doing hands-on, right? Now I'm heading a team that does it. But back in the day when I was a recruiter, there was no moonlighting as such that I came across. Because now, because of technology, you're able to do all these things. Work from home is the reason moonlighting is happening. But basic way to find a fake candidate is projects. You call the candidate and you ask them about what project you work on, which year you worked in, right? What have you done in the project? Uh, because where would you Google this stuff? You're working under, under this team lead and this is the work you've done. Where, will you going to, where are you going to Google exactly how you implemented that particular skill in that particular project? You cannot fake that from Google. So one way to catch fake candidates is definitely projects inspection. That in this project, what have you done? What are your takes in uh, the recruitment and selection on staff retention? Selection and staff retention. Because uh, selection, I already told you that you can uh, look for what kind of candidates, what do you need to do for this. So staff retention, I've never worked on. I never went to that part of recruitment. But staff retention, I can tell you from my business experience. But then again, when it comes to MNCs, I don't know how it works. But as a startup owner, staff retention. Staff retention is nothing but performance. Right? Now, this is the thing. When I say performance, people generally have a thing where people think performance is how much work is being done by the employee. That's not performance. Performance actually are three things. Number one, performance is psychological happiness of the person. Number two is accountability of the person. And number three is the quality and quantity of work of the person. So this is the formula I'm giving out, but this is actually the thing. Which means that if you have a team where everyone is depressed, I, nowadays you can't use the word depressed loosely, but sad. Everyone is upset in the team. No one is happy with the work then that's not good performance. 
according to me or according to i think the general ethics you cannot have a team where you're overburdening the person with work and you're creating circumstances where not even overburdening sometimes there's a lot of work right sometimes there is a lot of work that you have to do but it should never get stressful for the person to work in the company so now there are going to be two kinds of eyebrows raised first kind of eyebrows raised is going to be that how can you how can you how can you decide if the person gets stressed out or not second kind of eyebrows raised is going to be there is only a certain limit to which you can provide a environment where the person is not stressed but rest it's their own thing both point of views are right but you know what i feel i feel that you have a lot in your hand that you don't know because as a manager as a team manager you can do a lot of things that can actually change the whole game a lot of managers have this attitude that if there is this much work to be done do it if you're not able to do it then scream at the person that's not the way you can always try to understand why that person is getting stuck and work around it actually 80% managers i have worked in my life are like that have been like that if the work is not getting done they just scream at you and then you have to figure it out yourself an intelligent manager would understand the depth of what the person is facing why that person is going through that why that person is getting stuck and then achieve the same goal but reorganizing the work where it is not stressful is what i feel so one thing is the manager or the team members or the organization or the structure of the management has to be such that you're with your team and not against them mentally you have to give like you have to make sure you ensure the psychological happiness that they are happy in the organization number 1 is that number 2 is accountability now some managers are there they are too chill they're so chill they're so relaxed they're so friendly with the team that no one works <laughs> right that's also not cool because as i told performance is psychological happiness a b it is accountability if the team who you're working with if they don't feel accountable to complete or achieve their work then that's a bad team you have groomed then that's not a team that's a family <laughs> then that's you can sit at home watching tv with them you can watch a game with them but that's not a team that's not a team a team is where you work towards a goal and you achieve it so if the person is psychologically happy in the team because the manager or the organization is structured in a way that they create psychological happiness for the team if the person feels accountable in the team if the person feels i'm accountable for my work and this is important and i have to achieve this the person is accountable for the work uh, that they're doing and they feel a, a sense of achievement and satisfaction in the end of the day when they complete their work and the quality and quantity of the work some managers which are better than the first two categories i said have both of these they are very chill they are good people not good people good or bad i'm not this is moral this is not moral science but they are just good managers and they people are happy in the team and also people have a sense of account- accountability but the team is not able to achieve anything because there is not consistent checks on the quality and quantity of work right for example when i used to work with a f- person in linkedin i uh 
what we used to do is we used to every thursday have this where i would go to the linkedin profile and i would check whatever work was being done exactly like precisely to the limit how many connections and how many not etc you have to get inside the work because only if you go inside the work you can understand what is the quality and quantity of work that is being developed if you are heading a team where you are heading seniors then you don't have to that much like once you go into senior position then you can let that person take the rein and ride the horse but if that is not the case if you're a manager and there are people are directly reporting to you and there's a work you're working on you you cannot just have a stand up meeting and say that okay this is the work you've done what is pending and done with a work who your hands on guiding there you have to go inside the work you have to look at each aspect of the work and you have to make sure each week there is an improvement and there are many things in this like how you give feedback some managers just thrash people like this is bad your waste or some people just flower people <laughs> that you're great no what you have to do is a balance that there is definitely something great good about what they've done this is what you've done good and this is where you can improve so it builds their morale that they're doing something good at the same time it helps them improve so one foot on the ground one foot in the air so then you can groom them from there every week if you take a promise to yourself that you will be better than last week your team will perform better than last week quality and quantity wise you are going to the heights so there is a lot of talk going on about employee retention and what i feel is that employee retention is not something you can hack it's there's no shortcut to it it's not like you it's like a code you can hack that you can it's not like cheat code in a game that you can just give these bonuses and these features and these perks and then you'll just have retention no a lot of people do that also that also has its plus side but essentially it's hard work if you're able to maintain these three factors of performance psychological happiness of your team accountability sense of accountability and quality and quantity what i liked about this conversation was how we were shown different aspects and areas of recruitment and what i loved the most that i realized recruitment is a deep ocean to explore in we'll be back next week with a new episode where we would go in detail about having a good resume candidate sustainability and different aspects of recruitment until then keep listening keep learning and keep recruiting see you next week recruiters podium presented to you by eminence techno system your partner in hiring